Amen. Amen. I second that. Thank you. All right. So we left off yesterday with a question, and today we're going to develop the question a little bit more and get to an answer, Mr. Shem, hopefully. The question is this. We're saying that when we sit in a sukkah, it causes an impact in heaven, causes a change. So that's not something really novel to this discourse. It's a famous teaching of the Baal Shem Tev, teaching the Zohar. The Zohar says in Parshas Tetzaveh, Toch come and see. This world is like the world above it. When a person shows in this world a smile and happy face and feels good and thinks about God's kindness, he draws down God's kindness upon himself. And the Baal Shem Tev said, Hashem is your, on the, on the verse in Psalm 121, Hashem is your shadow, that when you're a besimcha, you're happy, you think about Hashem's kindness, you bring Hashem's kindness upon you. And whatever you do, it's mirrored in heaven. Or as the Mizritcher Maggot said, which literally is usually translated as, know what is above you. Maggot says it means, know that whichever, whatever is above is from you. The fact that we make an impact in heaven isn't novel to this discourse. What's novel is, is the space where this impact is being made. I know I told you, Daniel, that Makif Harachik refers to Hashem's essence, but I think that was... Okay, let me say this. We, we, uh, let's start from the, from the beginning. We said that there's two things that are achieved by sitting in the sukkah. One is that, old, that when the Torah says all Jews should sit in the sukkah, means that they draw down the light, which is Makif HaKorev, which is a bit transcendent. And also that the essence of the neshama dwells as a fact, it's a story, it's not a commandment, because it's something which is natural to it, in the makif harachik, and that which is very transcendent. So, um, there is a line in the discourse which describes the makif harachik as the essence of Hashem. That's what I was uh, building on yesterday. Um, however, um, when Chassidus uses various terms, there's an annoying thing we had in Yeshiva. When you would ask one of the teachers of Chassidus a question, um, and you would show him a contradiction where it says, let's say, Ganadin, the location of Ganadin is in this world. Another place says Ganadin is in a different world. So the annoying answer that you would invariably receive is, depends what level of Ganadin you're referring to. It says the soul is from this world, or the soul is from that world. Which one, where, which one is it? It depends which level of the soul you're referring to. So in a similar way, when you use the word essence, about Hashem himself, there are different things that means. It could be the essence of the light of Hashem as it, in the, as it is in the spiritual cosmos. Or, could there could be the, or we could talk about the essence of Hashem literally. So when we were saying before that the Makif HaRachim, that which is considered very transcendent, refers to Hashem's essence, as we'll see soon, that's not really... Um, Referring to the uh, essence of Hashem Mamish, um, rather it's referring to um, something which is in the spiritual cosmos, which is um, I don't want, I don't want to say the word similar because compared to Hashem's essence, there's nothing compared to Hashem's essence, nothing it's in, 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 nothing that can compare to Hashem's essence. However, in the spiritual cosmos, there is something which is more essence vis-a-vis the rest of the spiritual cosmos. I'll give you an example. As we'll see today, Mr. Hashem, um, 
there are the ten spheres, the intellectual spheres, the emotional spheres. Then there is the crown, which is above the spheres. The crown, or second our body, the crown is above the rest of the body, so too the crown represents that which is transcendent. The deeper level within the crown itself is called Attic. Attic has several translations. Attic means removed. Attic means old. And Attic means a copy of. Why is it called old? It's old because it exists before creation. It's higher than creation. It's called removed because it's very distant compared to the rest of creation. And I mean, physically distant. But it's has no parameters, no, it's not limited in the same way the rest of creation is limited. And it's called a copy of, because somewhat, there, it could be said that post-Simpson, after Hashem contracted and made it seem that he withdrew his light completely, Hashem brought to the world another light, he brought to creation another light to, in order from that light to create the world, that light is called Atik in the sense that it is a copy of what was before. It's something that mirrors that which was before. So that's what we were referring to yesterday when we used the word essence. We were referring to not Hashem's essence literally, but to the light of Hashem post-Simpson that, is, that it, it, compared to the rest of the spiritual cosmos is considered a mirror of that which was before. Is it really a mirror of that which was before? No, there was a Simpson, a total withdrawal of light. The difference between the first Simpson and other Simpson is other contractions... Um, cause a change in the degree of the light. But the first symptom, other Kabbalists, not Hasidists, understood the first symptom to be a total withdrawal of the light, complete withdrawal. Hasidists says, don't take it literally, doesn't mean it's with, actually gone, it's just that it's hidden. But the reason why they thought that way, why that was their opinion, is because there's such a, such a marked difference between before the symptom and after the symptom. So we can't really say that it is a copy of what was be- that which was before. However, um, uh, using that term, the inner dimension of Kesser, could be, could be a term used for Atmos. The word Atmos, which means essence, that could be a term that's, that we could use the word essence re- regarding the Pimisa Kesser, regarding the level of At, regarding the inner, inner dimension of the crown. Okay, that's just an intro to where we're going today. Our question was, how is it possible to change this transcendent light of Hashem? To cause a change in, this, in the world of Atsilus, okay. But if it's transcendent, it shouldn't change. So before we go to the answer, we're going to explain the question more. Just a sneak preview of where we're going. What we're going to say is, just like in ourselves, we have change. We change a lot. because our, we, when, when you ever try to analyze something with your mind, the nature of intelligence is is that there's always different ways of looking at things. So therefore, you look at one thing today in one way, tomorrow you look at it a different way, and based on how you look at things, that's how you feel, that affects the way you feel. Your feelings and your thoughts are connected to each other. Then there is a desire you have, which is, which is um, elemental, which is not a product of your intellect, not a product of your emotions. A desire which, let's say the desire of a child to be close to his father. It's not something which is, which is a product of emotions, product of the intellect. It's something which is in him. It's in his very, in his very core. That kind of desire doesn't change. So, so similarly, the, the level of the crown, the level of the transcendent lights of Hashem, um, because they are um, 
above atzilus, they're above the intellect and emotions. How can there be change? And not only how could there be, but we know there isn't change. When Hashem took away the monarchy from King Shoal and gave it to King David, so um, King Shoal begged Shmuel for another chance. And Shmuel responded famously that uh, The eternal one of Israel does not lie and does not regret because he's not like a person who regrets. The eternal one of Israel, Hashem himself, doesn't change his mind. He, he makes a decision, he, 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 it's a desire of Hashem, and it's not, it's not affected by change. That's, that's where the decision came from. It came from the desire of Hashem's very, of, of, of a, a level of the inner dimension of Hashem's crown, a level of Hashem's desire, and therefore intellect and emotions are negligible. Hashem's desire for King David to be the king forever and his progeny is something which is not affected by um, intellect and emotions, therefore it's eternal. That's why in that verse, the words are Netzach Yisrael, the eternal one of Israel. So we're talking about the crown. We're talking about something which is transcendent. And therefore the question is, how can we say that our sitting in the sukkah is going to make a change in it? It's going to cause that transcendent light of Hashem to be in a vessel, to be inside us. And not just to be inside us, but the words of the previous Rebbe are that the light stops being transcendent and becomes, it, it becomes a light which is settled. So what the Rebbe is going to say is that um, transcendence is a choice. Meaning Hashem chooses something to be transcendent. But it's not, nothing is naturally transcendent to Hashem. There are things where, let's say, where, where things fit, and things which, there are places where things do not fit. There are things that fit in certain places and don't fit in other places. If we were to talk about a lower light of Hashem and with the lights of Atzil, let's say, we could talk about the, about the light of Hashem, Hashem's wisdom, how it fits, in, it fits in the vessel of wisdom, okay? Then there's a transcendent light of Hashem, Hashem's desire, which can't fit in the vessels of Atzil, okay? But if we're, if we're talking about Hashem's essence, Hashem's essence isn't closer to the infinite light of Hashem, and it's not farther from the light of Hashem, which is limited. He has no parameters whatsoever. And since he has no parameters whatsoever, therefore the transcendent light of Hashem could also be settled. There is a nature to Hashem's transcendent light. It's supposed to be transcendent. It doesn't fit in Atzilus. But that's only the way it is organically. But Hashem himself is not organically closer to any of them. Hashem himself has no limitations whatsoever. And therefore, by Hashem's choice, these lights of Atzilus, and these lights which are beyond Atzilus, and these lights which we're calling very distant, Makef HaRachik, they also, through our sitting in a sukkah, are changed and do come into vessels and do come into us. This is a recurring theme in this series of discourses. We didn't do the first two discourses, but the first two discourses of this discourse, the Rebbe also speaks about the ability of a Jew to blow shofar and to cause Hashem to respond. The ability of a Jew and Yom Kippur to um, elicit Hashem to uh, to, to submit a request Hashem forgive him completely. The, the reason why it's possible for Hashem to com- forgive a Jew is because a mitzvah is Hashem's desire. But Hashem is the one who issues a desire. He's beyond the limitations of desire. And therefore he could decide that our blowing the shofar should matter to him. He could decide that our mitzvahs, our sins are forgiven. And similarly he could decide that these, these, lights of Hashem, these lights of Hashem which are transcendent 
Could come into vessels. Let's let's, let's go inside. Um, we are. Let's go to the second um, paragraph in Ois Gimel. Um, let's go to the words of Tzarech Lav. You have the, the PDF? I'll send you the PDF. Um. Where'd you go? Oh, there's he was Danny, Danny, Daniel, not Dan- Danny. That's what's happening. It's my fault. Why would I do that? Okay. Chaim, Chaim. Maybe before we get inside, any, any questions on what I'm saying so far? Make sense? Doesn't make sense? Okay. All right, let's go. Top of, and what I just sent you is on top of 143. It says in many places in Hasidus that the meaning of the words of the Torah, Hashem is not a person who changes his mind. Hasidus explains, Chassidus explains that change and regret only is relevant by human being. But he who is not human, it's not possible for him to regret, it's not possible for him to change. The reason for this is, change is predominantly something associated with your mind. When you analyze something with your mind, there's always a logical reason to choose one or to choose the other. And since a person is comprised of the intellect and emotions, that means, that means even our feelings are built and are product of our mind. Therefore, when there's a change in our mind, our feelings change too. You think differently about someone, you feel differently about someone. Because your feelings are affected by your, by your thoughts. However, the desire, which is beyond logic, which human beings have as well. However, desire that has no reason, a desire which is not even built on a tamkomus. A tamkomus means a reason that you're not sharing. Or maybe even a reason that you're not even aware of. You have a reason for something, and that's why you desire it, but it's, it's something which is, which is not... not um, that's seemingly connected to what you desire. But then there's another kind of desire which does not have a reason. It's a desire which is in your core. Because like I said before, a child to his father, a father to a child, it doesn't have a reason. It's beyond a reason. It's not because your father was kind to you and he helped you. It's deeper than that. It's, it's something in your essence that, that desires your father. It's something in your essence that your father, I mean, your father desires you. So, Eina Mishan does not change. Well, that is a Lamaila, so too is this true in heaven. Just like there is man, there's also a what's called supernal man. There, are, there is something similar in the divine. There are, is a similar world. There is a world of Atsilus which is called man because it has similarities to man. The levels of Atsilus, of the various spheres of Atsilus, they are called man. Even the external part of God's crown is also called man, also could be changed. But in the inner dimension of God's crown, that's called not a man. When the verse says he is not a man, to change his mind, that means 
at the level where he is not a man, at the level which has, has no similarity to a human being, at that level of loyadam, of a level of non-man, there can't be a change. So according to this, we need to understand, it sounds like in the discourse of the previous Rebbe, that by us sitting in the sukkah, we do cause a change in this transcendent light of Hashem. In this very transcendent light of Hashem, it's affected, it's drawn internally, and it becomes a settled light through us sitting in the sukkah. How could there be a change in this level which can't be changed? Dalit. That explanation is the reason we're calling something transcendent is because something is because this thing that we're referring to as transcendent is organically, is naturally not able to, to fit into a vessel. But vis a vis the way things are compared to God's essence. There's no difference between what is inter- what can be accepted in a vessel and that which transcends vessels. Even that which is transcendent can come into a vessel. And when a Jew sit in the sukkah, they draw down from the essence of Hashem. And therefore, even those lights of Hashem, which are naturally transcendent, they are able to come into the ve- into vessels. Yes, they're transcendent, they can't. That's w- the way are, they are by themselves. However, because of Hashem, Hashem's desire, they, Hashem has no parameters, and therefore that which is transcendent is not transcendent. That which is limited is not limited. He, he is not limited, and He places these transcendent lights into vessels. We'll understand this before prefacing a thought about a verse that really is the um, thread that goes through all the whole holiday season. The whole holiday season is connected to each other. There's a verse that we say um, on Thursday, on Hayom Yom, blow shofar in the month. It is hidden for the time of the holiday. So the word hidden in the surface is referring to the moon being hidden. Uh, and what, when she, which holiday has the moon hidden? The holiday of Rosh Hashanah when the moon, has not yet, um, the moon is not yet shining fully. Just a little bit of the moon shines on the first day of the month. But this verse also is saying something else. That the first half of the month, things are hidden. The second half of the month of Tishrei, starting from tonight especially, things start becoming more revealed. The first half of the month, the Altar Rebbe says we're planting seeds. Our service of Hashem of Tshuva, Rosh Hashanah, and Yom Kippur, and the ten days of Tshuva, and El, that's planting seeds. When do you see the exposure of what you've, what, what you've um, elicited through your service of Hashem in this time, when does it come down to fruition, to be revealed on the holiday of Sukkot? So that's what the verse means. Bakesa, it's hidden, Liyem Chagenu, for the day of the holiday, for the day of for the holiday of Sukkot, when it, when it will be revealed, it starts off being hidden, but then it's revealed on Sukkot during the time of Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. It's a very serious time. It's joyous, but it's serious. In the holiday of Sukkot, it's an open and clear joy. The connection we make with Hashem on Rosh Hashanah, it's revealed on Sukkot in a joyous way. We see the fruit of our efforts in the Sukkot. So the inyanim, 
third line over there, 144. Those things which are hidden on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur are revealed in Sukkot. That means that sitting in the sukkah is a revelation of our true vanyam kippur. So sitting in the sukkah is an exposure of the the essence of Hashem that we drew down on Yom Kippur through our tshuva. And by sitting in the sukkah, what we've achieved through, through doing tshuva on Yom Kippur is now revealed. And because we're drawing onto Hashem's essence, therefore those things which are previously hidden are now revealed. By sitting in a sukkah, we connect to Hashem's essence, and now those things which couldn't possibly come into vessels are, are able to come into vessels because, from, because of Hashem's essence, there are no parameters. You follow? Make sense or no? With me? Okay. Well, let's say it in one line. One line, let's take it home. Um, Sukkot is continuation of Yom, Yom Kippur. There are um, things that happen on Yom Kippur which aren't yet apparent, which aren't yet revealed. We connect to Hashem's essence also on Yom Kippur through our tshuva. And on Sukkot, that connection is drawn down and revealed in the world. So, um, because Hashem's essence is revealed, therefore, there are no parameters. And therefore, even things which are transcendent aren't limited to being transcendent. In, in the face of Hashem's essence, there's no um, limitation for the, these lights of Hashem, which are ordinarily called transcendent, nothing stopping them from coming into vessels. And, that, and we achieve that by sitting in the sukkah. All right. A great yantif, a freilich yantif, great...